This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Rosa, and I'm so excited to share this interview with you all. I had the opportunity to sit with writer Atava Garcia Suiseki. She wrote a book titled The Curanderics Toolkit. And in our conversation, we talk about plant medicine. We talk about rituals and healing. Atava shares her journey of discovering or finding curanderismo, finding herbalism, and we talk about the powerful benefits of limpias and curanderismo, how it, it helps folks heal, not just from physical, but emotional and spiritual wounds. And she shares so much wisdom and so much knowledge about this. And I'm so appreciative of her willingness to come and, and talk and share with you all. If you find this episode healing and nourishing on your journey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share with a friend, and if you feel called to leave me a review so more people can know about this podcast. This episode does not treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. This does not replace any kind of physical or mental health services of any kind. Guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective, and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Atava Garcia. Take a listen. Hi, Atava. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Thank you for for agreeing to be to come on and being interviewed by me you're welcome thank you for the invitation yeah of course and to get started can you tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from um, and the healing work that you do definitely yeah I'm right now I'm living in uh, uh, Albuquerque New Mexico uh, Tewa Pueblo territory um but I consider myself a, re- a very recent transplant. I moved here in the pandemic, uh, spent most of my life in the Oakland, California Bay Area. Huchin is the name of the indigenous territory, um, Ohlone territory. Um, my family moved to California when I was 13, but my, my roots are actually in the Midwest. I was born in Detroit and a lot of my um, family is from there and you know and in terms of family history and story like a lot of my my grandparents were immigrants from somewhere else who all ended up in well from Mexico Hungary and Poland who who ended up in um, Detroit in the early 1900s when everything was booming in the auto industry so um, yeah so my ancestral background is I have ancestors on my mother's side from from Mexico, from Guanajuato, um, actually from New Mexico, where I'm living now, kind of close to um, 
where according to family story, I have ancestors in, from Northern New Mexico who then traveled to Mexico because there was not this border. <laughs> and also um, my mother has um, family also from Hungary and my father's family is from Poland. So I consider myself um, on the Turtle Island in Eastern Europe, <laughs> both lineages are all, all inform my work. And in terms of my work as a healer, I really got called onto the herbal path uh, as a young adult. Um, I'm now 54 and it was in my early 20s. So over 30 years ago, I went to an herbal gathering, fell in love with herbalism and just felt like I was coming home. Uh, that wasn't an option in high school or college to study herbal medicine. I'm happy to say, I think I know that's changing now in a lot of places, but, and then through herbalism, as I studied, I became very interested and in, had a lot of curiosity, I would say, uh, about the ancestral traditions or the medicine herbal traditions of my own ancestors. And so through that, I was fortunate to um, meet Doña Enriqueta Contreras, who's a curandera from Oaxaca. So then, then began my path of studying curanderismo, you know, was a couple of years after already on the herbal path. So I really feel like as my, the work I do with, you know, with my clients, with students is really centered on herbal medicine, on plant medicine, um, but very much informed by all I've learned from my maestras and also just this remembering of ancestral medicine, I would say in a broader context that Plants are our relatives, they are ancestors, they are you know, beings with intelligence. And so really trying to come from that perspective when working with plants. Um, you know, I love the science, I love all of that, but also I, I feel like so much of it is about developing relationships. So yeah, when I, when I work with clients, I say, I'm just like a matchmaker. I just, you know, I try to introduce people to plant herbal allies that they um, that can benefit them and then they have that relationship with the plant and then they can build on that and work with that you know they so they don't need me to continually introduce the plant so I do that a lot through uh, work with clients but also as a teacher and I would say a, a lot of my work has been teaching because you know it's that whole thing you, you can give someone a fish or you can teach them how to fish. Like I really believe that with herbalism. Like I think there's a lot of pretty accessible skills and knowledge, even just starting in our kitchen, right? In our spices and the vegetables, which are many also medicinal. And um, just learning how to empower ourselves to take care of our health, which is also, the way it's always been for millennia for most people in most cultures. So I think this separation from herbal herbalism or food is food is medicine is fairly recent, depending on the people and their, their background. But anyways, that was a long introduction. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Thank you for, for sharing about where you come from and your lineage. I think it, 
you know, it's so important to to acknowledge the the, the parts uh, where we come from, right? And in 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 our ancestors in the lands where we are from. Um, so thank you for that introduction. And I'm wondering, you know, for I, I think for a lot of healers, and you know, I'm a mental health therapist, and in just in in general, I think folks that go into a field where we're helping others, a lot of times it stems from our own search for for medicine for for the medicina that we need and and I'm wondering you know just in your own life life and experience and, and how has how did that almost um prepare you you know or how did that lead to your to your career or your you know, I should say as a as a curandera how did how did that in a way prepare you for 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 where you're at now yeah, well, I believe, and this is from my examination of my own life, but also working with so many students, I, I believe the way we learn our path as healers is really by working with our own, whether it's a physical health issue, an emotional issue, a trauma. I know you do a lot of work with trauma, um, an ancestral family. Um, like we really get initiated and trained by working on ourselves and through our own stuff. <laughs> All right. What I, I read about in the book, one of my teachers, Estela Roman, calls that with los agres, like our anger, our susto, our, you know, our fear, our shock. So I, I think since a, a lot of us, well, I'll say for myself, I didn't grow up in a family where I was like, some elder noticed me and said, oh, she has a, she's intuitive. She's sensitive, <laughs> train her. Right. Yeah. And it was through life's trials and tribulations. I mean, myself growing up in a family, you know, with a lot of mental health issues with addiction, with all, all this stuff um, that, you know, I feel like I, I didn't realize it at the time that I was drawn to medicina, to, to heal myself. And I was also at the same point trying to help others, like as many of us are, but I think the more I've walked down this path, the more I, I definitely have to prioritize taking care of myself, knowing my, knowing when it's time to just focus on me and not be giving so much to others. And, um, cause there's always something, right? Like, I feel like when I was younger, there was a lot of emotional, work I was doing. And then when I got older, then a lot of physical health issues. <laughs> and then, and, and we're also in a really challenging time. So yeah, I, I think what I love about curanderismo and herbalism, which, you know, are under the same umbrella is that when I'm going through a hard time, uh, I have tools, which is why I call my book, the toolkit. There's, there's things I can work with to help my own self. Um, I also deeply believe in, in therapy and I'm so glad, you know, for your work and, and the growing number of BIPOC or, or therapists and trauma-informed th trauma therapists, like that is such important work. Um, you know, so I, I believe in working on a lot of different levels, but that level of, of working with self, you like say it's, giving myself a self limpia. I, I went through a, say a challenging relationship with a friend and just feel really upset. And, 
it's noticing like, okay, I'm in this state, I'm kind of spinning out, and but I'll take this time to give myself Olympia, to rub the, the wave over my body, to use the yerbas, to just cry, to release, and then just noticing, okay, I feel better. Like, feels like a, a weight was lifted. I, I, um, I can go on with my day. And, you know, and sometimes we need multiple of those, uh, of or multiple treatments, self-treatment and then receiving from others. But yeah, I, I really believe, I mean, I think people call it like the wounded healer. Like, I, I don't know anyone. I mean, if anyone is like on the healer path and they say they don't have any stuff, <laughs> then I would be actually suspicious because, and I think- Yeah, absolutely, me too. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, you know, because I think that's, I'd, I've noticed this um, tendency and for us, maybe it's an, a westernized American thing, but we, we see our healers, we want to elevate them, we want to put them on a pedestal. And sometimes they actually, they want to be elevated and be like, oh, I, I know it all, I have everything together. But I feel like that's very, very dangerous because for many reasons. So I, I like to stay very humble. <laughs> so yeah, I'm working absolutely. along with everybody else. I just, I have training and skills. So I, I, I like to share those with others and support people when I'm in the right space to do it. Um, but first and foremost, it's always about knowing myself, you know, tending to myself. Uh, but you know, with all of these beautiful practices and, and then, and then the, the benefit is we learn and then we actually can apply that. Those of us who work with other people can apply that to our clients. I mean, you probably notice this if I'm going through something, whatever, like say it's a physical thing, like working with yeah. digestion and I'll get really good at treating myself. And then suddenly I'm getting all these clients with the same. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it happens all, all the time all the time it's been and it's been like I mean for me you know just throughout my career it, it has always been that and and it's all it's fascinating but yes absolutely I, I feel that you know a lot of the work that we do even in, in as a therapist and definitely the work that you do it is also very much it's soul work right we're working with 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 a human being and, and their energy and their soul and spirit and and for that reason I feel that it's part of what, you know, when we go through difficulties, when we work through it, and when we process our own difficulties, then we're able to integrate that. And then through that process, really understand someone's journey in a, in a deeper, more soulful way, because yes, we can learn it in school, and we can go and read about it. And, and we have this book knowledge, which is also very important. Uh, but then there is some, it, it changes you as a healer, you know, as a as a therapist, when you're able to embody that also in your own lived experience, I'm talking about the healing, right? When you embody the healing of your own wounds, it it it, it translates into your the work with others in a in a much deeper way. I I feel that I don't know. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And so let's go back a little bit. Um, you mentioned a couple of words, and and we you, you mentioned your book. So I want to talk about your book. It's called the Curandera. Curanderics 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 Toolkit and I, I just want to say that when I first held your book and I browsed through it you know at, at first glance I felt uh, so much I, I want to say peace and like this beautiful energy just holding your book and browsing through it is 
it's, it's the the pictures are beautiful the the way the colors everything is just organized which i appreciate it's organized in such a beautiful way and the blending of history and story and tradition it was just beautiful so i want to say that because i i i feel that i you know come across a lot of books um about energy healing and curanderismo and, but your book stood out to me because it's just so beautiful and the way it's presented and organized was just um i i, I it really resonated with me in my brain and the way i, I learned it was it was just lovely and, and so thank you for putting that work out for all of us thank you yes the you know and, and a shout out to my in the book designer his name is ashley who, who really had the, had a vision to make it a beautiful book and actually my publisher heyday like a lot of their books are very visually rich and when i was originally writing the book i actually did not i, I did not even know that it would end up being so so gorgeous and so full of illustrations which honestly that that's part of the, the medicina, right? Like it, it's some of us, like you said, some people are visual learners, like to see the pictures of the plants, to have the, the faces of the different curanderics I, I spotlight, just, just it brings it not just text. And, it, and also just trying to, for me, what I did envision was trying to represent this tradition, which has so much beauty, like so many of our practices have flowers, have aroma, have, taste you know have sound so trying to represent that in, in a book I'm, I'm really really grateful that it, it turned out and I'm thank you for that, that yeah, you of course <laughs> of course and so tell us a little bit about what is curanderismo um you know from from your perspective from your lived experience how do you see curanderismo how can you define it for us yeah, definitely. I mean, it really translates just to like the art, the art of healing and re relates to. And actually, when I was doing my research, I, I think I actually found the person who termed curanderismo, which is Dr. Teo Torres, who's a uh, works here at University of New Mexico and, and, and uh, organizes a two week curanderismo class every summer has been going on for over 20 years so when I talked to him he, he you know so it what I learned from my from my teachers in Mexico is like people don't necessarily use although I think the term curanderismo maybe is becoming more used there but it was just like it was just like go see this senora who goes a limpia or go see this you know elder who, who will give you herbs like it was just a person in the community <laughs> um and then, you know, obviously the curar is to cure, curandera, curandero is someone who, who cures. So curanderismo is just the, the art and practice of traditional medicine, which of Mexico, Mexico, but also, you know, in terms of that lineage, also throughout the quote US Southwest because of the borders that didn't really exist. But then there's also throughout all Latinx communities you know, in countries and in diaspora, there's also different versions of curanderismo. So, and, and in and of itself, it's it's a traditional medicine, it's an ancestral medicine, but it, you know, in terms of what comes from, from Mexico is already a synthesis of 
the indigenous practices of the many different communities that were and still are present in, in the continent, as well as the influence from people who came, who were from Africa, off many as enslaved people, but then there's also theories that there was a lot of African presence in, in the continent in the Americas before Columbus. <laughs> and then there's also the traditions that came from Europe. So it really became what Elena Avila, who, who wrote Woman Who Goes in the Dark, who's a curandera and now an ancestor, she called it the three three-headed serpent. So really these three cultures, you know, those indigenous to, to Mexico, those from primarily West Africa and from Spain and other parts of Europe coming together and forming, forming a system of, of medicine. So as it's gone through the years, <laughs> I mean, I, I really see it changing too. And uh, in, in modernity, you know, it, it's those of us, I think, who, who are embracing, you know, ancestral medicine practices, which which have roots in, in Mexico or Latin America. And, and it, when, uh, it's always adapting to the, the times and to the community. So the way I came of age in you know, Northern California and the certain community, the way it was practiced, the way we worked, may be different than someone who's in a, a small you know, village in rural Mexico, right? It's gonna look different. But the similarities is, are, are some of the foundational practices like the limpia, which is a, a, a way to kind of spiritually energetically cleanse and bless ourselves. It can be a very cathartic experience or it can be gentle practices of, of baños or baths. I mean, what I learned as an herbalist is I felt like for me, curanderismo brought back some of the parts of herbalism that I felt like were missing and like kind of standard American education because it was working like we said with the soul or the spirit and also using herbs in a real sensual way again like rubbing them on your body or bathing in them and their aroma so um and then I think what's common to in you know many places are some of our diagnoses like susto which is would be translated loosely to like a shock or a trauma we can have little sustos or big sustos or chronic sustos, which similar to post-traumatic stress. Um, so yeah, so that's all to say, you know, curanderismo is many, many things. And, and another thing I wanna say is, you know, those of us who are practitioners, because a lot of people I, I've noticed in my community, nobody wants to say that they're a curandera because even if they're practicing the medicine, because we've had these teachers who are great and, we were like, we're not them. We can't use that word. But um, I, I, one of my friends, colleagues, she's in the book, Sandra Pacheco. She she different, differentiates it into like there's small c curandera, curandero, curanderex. You know, that's those of us who are using the the medicina for ourselves, for our families. But we're engaging with it. We're con we're continuing traditions that have been preserved and passed on for hundreds of years, right? So we are we are practicing the medicine, and then like the big C curanderas are the ones who who really make it their whole life. You know they're known in the community, and and I really do believe it's something that the community acknowledges, and 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 I hopefully that came across in the book. Like this isn't a path that 
you study, you go to a couple workshops, and then you're like, I'm a curandera. Like, it's really, I believe we, we do work. <laughs> we study, we, we, we serve our community, and then, that, and then the community gives us that. Um, Absolutely. And what are your thoughts about, um, you know, on, on that note, you know, because of social media, I feel that social media just gives us so much access and, and, and which is, which is great and is needed, especially for marginalized communities, we finally have access to a whole, you know, basically to a world of information and people and resources. And, um, and, but what I'm also seeing is this, uh, the, this, abundance right of this term a curandera curandero curanderex you know on on social media and uh you know and, and I feel that you know in terms of because they can right you you can put that on your on your handle you can claim that you know you take a class and you can there's no you know there's no um, certification or anything like that right is you can do that however um I, I'm curious about what are your thoughts about that I mean on one hand of course the the access to information and, and reclam- reclamation, right, of our of our history and our lineage, which is which is critical and important. And then also on the other hand, uh, the the I guess the caution that that folks should have when it comes to to those that, that are claiming this. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually have many conversations about this with you know my my colleagues, my peers, my friends. Um, and actually I was just, I was just in a trip to Ohio and Los Angeles and was meeting with some people there. And we were talking about starting a council of curanderas, but you had to be 52 or older <laughs> to just like to have these conversations and also be available for the younger generations as like mentors and guides, if they, if that's wanted, but I, I it, it's, the landscape has changed so dramatically just in my lifetime. Like when I was in my twenties and interested, like I didn't know who to go to or who to ask. Like, and again, this was before the internet. So like, I always say in those days you had to like know people, you had to like find a flyer in a coffee shop. You, you had to like actually have real time connection to, to study or to, learn um and then yeah now there's an a, a blossoming uh, uh, of interest in practitioners and i think that's great because a lot of them you know this information has been carefully guarded kept private or and also persecuted <laughs> and uh discriminated against right and which continues to this day um so I, I'm concerned and you know, you're, you're a mental health worker. Like I, I am concerned about people. Well, let me say one thing first. We can do this work with ourselves <laughs> from the beginning, right? So I say, start with yourself, work with yourself. Like do, I used to tell my, my students like, do like at least 13 limpias on yourself. And then I would probably raise it to 52, like before you do it on someone else, like take your time, get to know this, the medicina, you know, apprentice with other people. Because once we start working with other people, like because we don't have the same training and certification as like a therapist, but at the same time, we're holding really deep space for people who may be re-experiencing 
trauma. I mean, all kinds of things can happen and I have seen that happen. So I am concerned about people's safety, you know, emotionally, physically, um, mentally. If, you know, we're working with, with energies and practices that we have not, you know, had the, yeah, I guess just the training and experience to hold that space. So, th so that's one thing I'm, I'm, I guess that would be the main thing I'm concerned about. Um, also just the way that ego gets involved or capitalism. I mean, like, I'm actually at the point, like, I just work with, like, I work as an herbalist and people can pay me as an herbalist because that's a skill, but I'm, I'm keeping my limpias just to like friends and family. And I don't, you know, like if they want to exchange something, that's fine. Like trying to put a price tag on it always to me felt complicated. <laughs> you know, the healer needs to be compensated and we do really hard work, but so there's just all levels of, of complexity. So I think, you know, that to balance that kind of eagerness and enthusiasm and, and claiming it, and that's all really good. But, you know, I just know through my own, again, as a teacher, like people who I see in the world are like curanderas. And then they're asking me questions. I was like, you don't know this and you're, and yet you're putting yourself out into the world in this way. So I I've had many alarm bells go off, but it's yeah. interesting too. That's why it's like, yeah. we'll have this council of elder, you know, and 52 in our tradition is that it's like when you have officially an elder and just so we can have these conversations and, um, yeah, I just, I, and, and, you know, so I feel like it can hold both like the excitement about the reclaiming yeah. and the growing and also just like, okay, let's, and the other thing is just allowing ourselves to take our time to really develop into a healer. Like from the time I first learned about Olympia, it was about 13 years later till I actually gave one. And I remember asking my maestra Stella Romana, I was like, when will I be ready to give Olympia? And like all those years I was supporting her and, and Doña Enriqueta, like being like really like the one who, cooked and cleaned and swept and maybe was in in the rooms with them while they're giving the limpias right because that's part of the learning and, and and Estella said well when people start to ask you and you you know and I was like oh and then eventually people asked me but it took a long time so I feel like I was I was coming of age when there was still like the slow lane <laughs> and now things are going going quicker and we do we want to heal we want our communities to heal and and, and, and there's so much susto, right? There's so much trauma in it. And, it's, mm -hmm. and, it, and the thing I'm concerned about is there's continuous new ones. Like we're all, I'm, you know, I'm still healing my lifetime and my ancestors, but then there's mass shootings and climate crisis and police brutality and all these things that are like in our, in our sphere. So, so I, I, I don't know what the answer is, like how to, kind of harness the energy of, of everyone who's very excited to practice, but then also have some sort of, yeah, just counsel again, uh, of, of those yeah. of us who have been in the path for, for decades that we can just be a, 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 of support and guidance. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, when, when you mentioned earlier that the term curanderismo is actually a newer, well, you know, quote unquote, newer term, right? And in, in most people back in the day, I mean, I was just talk, I was talking to my mom, who's, you know, older and, and grew up in a very small pueblo in Mexico. And I was asking her about curanderismo. Did you know a curandera? And she's like, no, like, we didn't call it that. Like, when I was growing up, it was just, you know, la señora que... De cura, o la señora que, que o, o la, la, la bruja del pueblo. Um, so, and there were older folks, right, that have been maybe just they picked up this from their grandma or parent, and then when they when they came of age. So, I think what, what you mentioned is that it takes time, right? There's it's for this energy, this healing, or even as a healer for for your gifts to to marinate, right? In as you're doing your own work. And so I love that you're bringing attention to the fact that we we can start with ourselves and, and we can incorporate all this in, in our own life. But when it comes to sharing it with others, to just pace ourselves, right? And to allow this medicine to to take form and to, to guide really what, what the, our gifts and, and how we share this with, with others. And, I, and, and it took 13 years for you. That's, that's um, shocking, <laughs> shocking, yeah. but not, I, you know, and, and but I, I'm, I'm glad that you, that you're, you're sharing that because I think folks need to, to know, not just as a, as a healer, but as a consumer, right. It, um, to, 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 to always, um, you know, know who you're going to and to, I guess ask questions, right? It's, it's valid to ask where you where you learn this, and you know who are your teachers. And I think all the, these questions are important to prevent uh, harm, intentional or, or unint sometimes unintentional, right? People that mean very well, um, but they just don't have the experience, they end up causing um, harm or re-traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also about taking care of ourselves too. I mean, and I look back and I know I made a lot of quote mistakes, but I'll just say they were lessons about how how really about energies I absorbed from working with people or yeah. much or you know doing like events where it was like we just had like a line of people all day and it's limpia after limpia after limpia. Yes. So. It's, I think that's important too, right? How the impact that that it takes on you as a, as a healer, you know, mm -hmm. the, the energetic and and physical impact over time, right? It can take a toll. Definitely, yeah. And yeah. I've seen many members of our community, you know, get sick, myself included. And so, you know, I don't know if it's a higher rate than other people, but it's just like, hmm, I'm curious, like kind of going to things like spiritual hygiene or whatever, like we're doing, all, we're interfacing with very strong ides, very strong, you know, what we may say trauma or buried emotion. Um, I mean, it's because it's at the end, like we're energy, right? And, and I mean, I know, and I'm sure you, you, you've experienced this too, but, you know, just um, in my work with, as a therapist, uh, sometimes I start feeling anxious before a particular client and or I get really sleepy or before I even see them and then I, I check in with them and 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 then it makes sense they're going through that and this and, and sometimes it comes out of nowhere like I was fine I had my coffee I was fine and then I start feeling really tired I'm like okay so it, I'm picking up their you know what they're going through and this is this happens you know this is something that is science like this is not just um you know woo woo stuff right like this is this happens and um and for the folks that are more intuitive or more sensitive it's even more intense i, I can imagine um 
so I, I, I can, you know, so as a curandera doing this deep energy, spiritual work, connecting in such a deep way with folks, it must be, you must be, have to have some kind of system in place to protect yourself, protect your energy. Yeah, what I think, you know, again, going back to the traditional medicine practices in Mexico, I think a very important system in place is, is the temazcal, which is the place to sweat, um, which are different than the ones that are called sweat lodges in the like Plains Indian, Lakota, Dakota tradition. Um, and, and Mexico, they're often made of adobe. So they're like little clay huts that you go in and you pray and you sweat and you cleanse. I think actually having that available to like clean ourselves off after we see our clients is really important. And, and, and I don't have one. I'm actually trying to get one, <laughs> My, you know, but, but again, like these practices, like how do we tend to ourselves after working with clients. So I think, you know, if you have a, a, a temazcal to get in, that's a great way to like let it go. Um, I mean, I, I've been at, there was this one healing clinic that I was a part of a free healing clinic for women. And I was actually working as an herbalist that day, but there was curanderas like doing limpias all day, but you know, back to back to back to back clients. And I remember like the next day I woke up and I just had to like sob, like I had received, like in my, my, mm -hmm. I heard the stories I felt with my heart. I felt I'm very, uh, into whatever I'm empathetic to the point of like, I actually feel other people's feelings, which is a blessing and a good challenge. Absolutely. I can relate to that. Yeah. yeah I just like wept. I wept and wept. Yeah. I, like, I just, I experienced and felt so much sorrow, heartbreak, you know, frustration. And we were working with women who were, you know, whatever, undocumented or formerly incarcerated or living in shelters or domestic abuse. I mean, very, lots of hard stories. So very complex, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's really important to have, you know, practices in place as we take the steps to, you know, to the work and kind of going back to like what, I feel like people can do as they learn, you know, it's working with ourselves, but it's also like working with a small circle of people around you. Like I always say pets, like my cat's right here. You can't see her, but work with your animals. Mm -hmm. Like they get susto, they need, they need tending and they're like pretty safe beans to work with. Or maybe, you know, you have a child and you know, working with them, like, I feel like that's the realm of, you know, kind of home and family is, is the realm, again, that's like the home, the home, the family curandera, like, Absolutely. that's a safe place, because you're already, already kind of in their energies, <laughs> and know them pretty well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and, I, and I think that's how traditionally, I think that's how, I mean, you know, it makes sense, because, you know, you go, you knew somebody that knew somebody, right, but initially it was through friends and family, and then eventually, you know, word of mouth, there was none of, of course, what we have today, and, and the, the widespread of information of who does what, but, um, you know, I want to go back to something that I haven't really talked about on the podcast, but I think it comes up a lot. Um, again, going back to my, you know, my mom's generation and their perception of, of when, when they think of a healer or a curandera, they think of a, uh, somebody that, that does brujería. Um, and, and, and so they see, so from, I'm, I'm talking, you know, just 
my mom because that's who I have, you know, as a contact in, in that regard. But, you know, she talks about brujería as one one thing. And then there's those that 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 um, that que te curan, right, with with herbs and or massage or body work. So, so she differentiates brujería is very specific, but um, there, I, I've noticed maybe it's because of social media, there's almost like a blend of both. And, and so I'm curious how, from your perspective, how does curanderismo, how does it relate to brujería? Do you see it as a branch of that, uh, of curanderismo, or is it like just a separate thing altogether? Yeah, that's a good question. The answer is very, very complex. And I would say it really depends on the individual and the community they're part of, probably mm. where they're living. So when I, I'll just share some stories. Like when I was doing my book, so I highlight 13 different curanderas, curanderas, who are either my mentors or my peers or my students, like people who I, who I really love. Um, and I think out of the book, three of them, no, four, four were older than me. So, you know, it was just, so it's multi-generational. Like the oldest person in the book, Elish, Abuela Eli is turning 80 this year. And then the youngest is probably in their early forties now. Um, so when I interviewed a couple of the people who were older than me, like they really lived through times where even having an interest in traditional medicine or having like, psychic abilities or healing abilities was seen viewed with a lot of suspicion and and the term bruja was really pejorative like um so they had one they have one real perspective of, of brujeria and that word as like no i'm not that <laughs> um and then at the same time there's a lot of the younger generation people who are really re reclaiming that word, I'm a soy bruja, una bruja, or, you know, that's my practice. And I think, and I don't, and I'm sure there's a lot of overlaps between what people who identify with that practice do and then, you know, what I do. Um, and at the same time, historically, because of colonization by Catholic you know, monks and everybody from Spain, like when they came to Mexico and saw indigenous practices, including healing, that was labeled as work of the devil, right? As satanical. So there's this long history of really misinterpretation of spiritual traditions or, and, and, and healing practices and religious practices that that were seen through the lens of a, you know, of already what was happening, and we could also go back farther. What happened in Europe and and the uh, campaign against traditional healers right. there, where the women were, were labeled as witches, millions were persecuted and burned. So it's really like the the history of that word bruja or witch or whatever whatever language we're going to say it in it has like deep complex roots and a lot of horrific historical events and you know murder right mass murder so so that same consciousness came to you know mexico 
And so, and so that, you know, that, and I, and I know it's still very alive today. Like I, I just actually met a new friend and she was talking about when she first started, she was excited. She was ready to start offering limpias to her community. And there was some very conservative Mexicanos who just were like, no, that's burjeria. No, I'm, you know, and, and actually kind of targeted her. I was like, oh my God, that's still happening. Like it's so, it's very complicated. Like what I like to do is I try to be expansive in, in, in how people identify. Like if, if someone is, they, they choose that word bruja and they feel good about it and that's the work they do, then, you know, then I allow that. And I also can allow, or I also totally hear my elders who feel uncomfortable with that term. And, and for me, both, both can be true. Um, and at the same time, just at another level of complexity. <laughs> I know in so many cultures, including, you know, our, our ancestral cultures, there are people who, who do use medicine in a way that's not completely in aligned with someone's highest good, right? Like where it's more manipulative or uh, whatever. So that exists too. And, and, and I'm not, I don't, so I just feel like it all exists. It's all very complicated. You know, I have never been trained by anyone who, who said, you know, I'm a, I'm a bruja and this is what, you know, this is our practices. Like my, all my mentors identified as curandera. So that's, that's my comfortable title or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very, I mean, I think it's when we just to be in conversation about, it comes out like every time. Cause there's always, and I think people, again, if you were, if you grew up, maybe your mom or, you know, certain generations or places where it, there's actually a lot of fear in people about like, Oh, uh, if you use that, do the huevo and do the limpia, that's like, yeah. 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 I think there is a lot of fear of what they can do. Um, to you, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, when they say they, they sit on brujería is, is a term that, that tends to, ref to reflect something, they did something negative to you, mm -hmm. like, almost like, like witchcraft, right, you know, it's like, that's the, like, they, they're so, so to hurt you, right, it's like, a, so it's very magical for me, you know, when I, in brujería, I, so I, when I think of that term, I associate it with just magic, uh, right, and, <laughs> and, it, and, um, so I, I want to touch real quick. I know we're running out of time, but I, I want to touch real quick on something that you are, um, you're, that you talk a lot about and you're, uh, and I heard you share in another podcast that you, a book might be coming on this topic, uh, um, ancestral healing and ancestral connection. Um, what is, what does that mean to you? Um, and you know, how, how is that part of, or how do you incorporate that as part of the, the work that you do in, in your medicine? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's really something that's, I, I've been curious about, and I guess passionate about for, for many, uh, many years of my life. So, and, and I think my understanding of it or my framework of it changes too. Like when I think I was younger, it's like, oh, I want to heal on my ancestors. And then <laughs> now I'm like, wow, that was as an older person, like, wow, that was like a really big assignment. Like, let's work on like, again, this body, this heart, this vessel that I'm in is my ancestral inheritance. So working on myself, being able to maybe change patterns 
of whether it's addiction or trauma that were passed down um, intergenerationally, like that, that's part of it. I feel like another part of it is just connecting with, with the story, with the history and really knowing who we come from and what happened to our, our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents that, you know, brought us to this, to this moment. And, and then for me, the, the part that I, it, that really, um, I, I like to focus on are connecting with or reconnecting, depending on who we are, with with the practices, with the, the medicinas, with the with the herbs, with the food, with the rituals that sustained our people for many, many, many generations. And then because of many things, immigration, colonization, war, there's been um, a disconnect. So for me, it's like returning to the practices of you know, making a herbal tea or cooking these certain meals or gathering the way my ancestors gathered. And, and, I, and I feel like we all can do that. And I feel like that helps then. I feel like the medicine of our ancestors is also like helps us, can be very effective when working with our ancestral and intergenerational trauma of which we all have. And I know, cause I listened to that conversation. I was excited to learn about the that book, the the was it Jessica who 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 wrote the, um, which one? It was it was a book on um, healing ancestral trauma for BIPOC people. Anyways, I don't have to. It was an interview I heard. <laughs> um, Natalie Gutierrez. Oh, okay, Natalie. Yeah, yeah. She she wrote. Yeah, she talks a lot about that. Yeah. So that was really exciting. I'm gonna get that book. So yeah. So for me, the, there's many many levels to it. I mean. There's the connection literally to the, the, the humans. There's the connection, you know, like who were, what were the names of my grandparents, great-grandparents, um, to their story, to their, their history, to their, their, their practices. And, and one thing, and I've learned this from different uh, therapists, like I, I feel like your field is really, doing some incredible stuff with trauma, but that, you know, we, we inherit the trauma of our ancestors, but we also inherit their gifts and their resilience. So for me, it's also, I feel like for me, can, the gifts are connected to the, to the practices. <laughs> to the herbs. And that's so we can use that as we navigate all the, all the, all the com complex layers of healing. No, I love that. Thank you for, for sharing that. And I, and, and I think that a lot of folks associate when we talk about ancestral connection or connecting with our ancestors, I think a lot of people think of uh, like mediumship or doing, you know, doing more of that. And what you described um, is what resonates with me. And it's just getting to know your lineage, right? And, and where you come from and their, their struggles, the cycles, the patterns, right? And, and, and then reflecting on how it's being manifested in my own lived experience. Um, but I, I think there is an important component of ancestral healing that, that comes through the connection with your ancestors, right? And tapping into that spirit world. Um, um, how, you know, is that something that, that is part of your, um, your ancestral practice now um, in, in terms of uh, 
of this spirit world or is it something that you're you're still exploring at this point so yeah i definitely I mean, you can't see but i have i have many ancestral altars and they keep getting bigger because more people keep becoming ancestors but um i yeah i i have you know regular whatever prayer communication connection with different different ones of them and 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 um and what i'm noticing is different ancestors kind of have different um blessings or areas of focus in my life that, that they help me out with so and i and i think it's it's subtle work because we could sit there and like pray like for example yesterday was the eighth year anniversary of my father's death and and my dad since he died has been really he really actually helps with my career like i'm pretty sure he's the reason i even got a book contract because oh, approached me about the book like that i don't know i wasn't expecting that like but he he's good at like opening doors or bringing I people love that. um i also work with people who aren't my blood lineage but were my good friends or you know colleagues or whatever who are also on the ancestor altar who who may help me and you know, so I don't want it also just be one way, like they're helping me, but I feel like I'm also remembering them like, as like, oh, like a, a, a friend of mine became an ancestor last November and she loved music and dancing and drumming. And so there's some times when I just feel like I'll play my music and I'm dancing. I'm like, oh, this is, this is Simbala, like telling me to like dance it out. Like, so it's also keeping their their legacy alive and their energy of, of the way that they touched our lives and our hearts um and so in that way they they're living on and and i mean the other layer which i think is with our blood ancestors our family is sometimes they also have unfinished business and so that's where i feel like um healing can happen as we <laughs> kind of tune into what what they maybe are trying to um, ask our help with, uh, so there's there's many many levels to it. Uh, so beautiful. Thank you for for sharing your your journey with that. And um, tell us a little bit about um, you know for folks that would love to get familiar with with you, um, your work, and you know, get your book, you know, how can folks find you? Where can we get your book? And, and how can people say, or connect with you or stay in touch with you? Cool. Yeah. So, so my book, you know, the, the full title, Curandetics Toolkit, Reclaiming Ancestral Latinx Plant Medicine and Rituals for Healing. I always recommend that people go to your local independent bookstore and ask them to carry it because then you support your local economy. I know online there's um, books, I think it's bookshop.org that is kind of like an umbrella organization of independent sellers as kind of an alternative to Amazon. It is on Amazon. I know that's really accessible for people, but I always say try everything else first. Um, my publisher, Heyday Books, also you can also order directly from the publisher. And I'm I'm excited to to have found the books in many libraries. So even just ask your library to carry it. Um, Cause one of my guiding principles is that this, 
this information, these teachings should be as available and accessible to everybody, regardless of, of resources. So, so libraries are good, good for that. Um, so yeah, I, I do teach. Uh, so what I didn't say is before this was a book, this was the class. So I, I began, it was first called the Curanderas Toolkit class in 2011, evolved to be Curanderex just to include all gender expansiveness in you know in the community and in the path. Um, so I teach that class, the Curanderex Toolkit class. I'm actually teaching this evening as a spring and fall session through um, Ancestral Arts Apothecary, which the long story, but I had founded the school called Ancestral Apothecary, which I stewarded for many years and then uh, passed it on to another person who, who renamed it Ancestral Arts Apothecary. So I, I still teach there. My own website is called Ancestral Apothecary. And uh, so if people want to work with me as, a, as, as an herbalist or the other work I do, they can reach me there or sign up for my newsletter. Um, on Instagram, I'm Kurandetics Toolkit, although I, I am now a private account because of all the creepy spamming that's happening to pretty much everybody I know in our fields. <laughs> yeah. So I say, if you want to become my friend, maybe just like send me a message. So I know, I mean, I'm really trying to figure out who's real and who's a, who's like a fake and it's, but I've, I mean, there's actually very aggressive and violent things happening. Oh yeah. And so I'm, a, I'm, a, I, maybe there'll be another platform that will, that will evolve, but I don't know. But yeah, those are some ways people can keep in touch with me. And, um, and I do teach, you know, I, I, I actually I'm teaching a couple of places in New Mexico and I'll be doing a couple of book events in De the Detroit area in June. So wherever I, if I get an invitation, I'm always open to um, collaborating or visiting different um, communities. And also what's nice about Zoom is I've also been able to like Zoom and teach in a community in the East Coast. So it's less intensive than actually travel. <laughs> Right. Well, thank you so much again for sharing your wisdom, your story with us. And you are welcome next time uh, in your next book. <laughs> I would love to have you back. Yeah, thank <laughs> you, Rosa, for the conversation and for all the work you're doing. It's, I think it's really important. Oh, thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachettilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.